This episode was recorded during the SAG After Strike. As fans and content creators, we stand in solidarity with the creatives currently on strike. There's power in a union. I'm JP Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Get to the chopper, Kiki! Uh, do I have to? There's a lot of jungle between me and the chopper. I'd just rather stay here, pet the snakes. I mean, I I don't think he's going to do anything to you. You're not much of a threat. (laughs) Oh, you have no idea. We're back in the spooky season. We're finally getting into the real horror, and we're talking about the original Predator movie from 1987. Uh, Much like when we talked about the Alien, the first Alien movie, I consider this a horror movie. This This is a slasher movie. This goes by... Tell me I'm lying. This goes by slasher movie rules. This is a slasher movie. I'm counting it. Yeah, a lot of people will quibble because this is technically listed as an action film, you know, summer blockbuster kind of thing. But it does get shown a lot during the Halloween season at this point. Um, and Predator as a series does lean more into horror as it goes on. So, it's our show and we're counting it. Uh, please speak to the management, and we're the management, and we don't care. Uh, also, we're going to put this right up here. Predator is an R-rated movie, and we are going to have an R-rated conversation about this R-rated movie. Uh, we understand that some of our listeners like to listen to this podcast with their little ones. If you are one of those people, you might want to take this one. You might want to um, take, bow out now from this episode and come back. Uh Mm, I don't. I'm not even sure next week is is a good time to come back. Well, next week is a little better. That's kind of more along our PG-13 rules. Uh, what we'll be talking about next week. Um, so you know, uh, viewer discretion, a little bit advised there, but that one might be okay for the the little ones. Uh, all rules are suspended for this one. This is an R-rated movie, R-rated conversation. Uh, definitely not for the kids, so parental discretion advised. All right, we're going to give you a few moments to kind of uh, stop if you want to. Otherwise, you're in for the ride in three, two, one. Let's talk about this ugly motherfucker. Yeah, we we wanted to do this kind of on the back of uh, having talked about the Alien franchise previously because as... A lot of people will know Alien and Predator became inextricably linked uh, not too long into their um, existences. Uh, Somebody got the idea at Fox, like, hey, we own 
both of these franchises, maybe we can do something with a crossover. I mean, didn't, I believe it started with one of the Predators having the Xenomorph skull in their ship, and it was just meant to be an Easter egg, and that got everybody, ooh, a crossover? Alien versus Predator? Me want, me very want. <laughs> yeah, and then it took until, like, 2004 for them to actually really do the proper Alien versus Predator film there were um, video games i mean there were video games and comic books before that but as far as a movie yeah yeah um but if you're a fan of one franchise you're probably a fan of the other and you really wanted to see these two creatures go at it with humans caught in the middle um and honestly it was pretty pretty good idea from where I'm sitting. The interesting thing, though, and I kind of thought about this when I was doing my rewatch. Weirdly, I think, and your mileage may vary, I think that Alien is a franchise which kind of gets worse as the movies go on. Like, the first Alien film is a banger and then it kind of falls apart the more you go into it predator on the other hand i think that this right here this first film with with arnold probably the weakest film in the franchise and the predator films for the most part just keep getting better as they go along i mean what well, prey came out like last year and got rave reviews I absolutely loved Prey. I think it is one of the strongest in the franchise. Um, there is that one film called The Predator. I don't know why they keep just being like, stick a definite article in front of it, and that's the movie title now. Um, but, and it's supposed to take place between this movie and Predator 2. Um, and that came out in like 2018 or something. And there's like a whole plot point where it's like, well, what if autism was a superpower? And I'm like, no, no, just screw that entire movie. But with the exception of like that one, I honestly think that like the Predator movies tend to get better. Including the Alien versus Predator movies, which I kind of like. I think the weirdly, the more we find out about the Predator, the better it gets. And weirdly, the more we find out about the Alien, the worse it gets. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know the. Um, but we've talked about a lot of the people behind the scenes of this movie a lot before like this movie is directed by john mctiernan who directed the greatest christmas movie of all time die hard which we have discussed before mm -hmm. so you know legit from that sense alan Silvestri does the music for this one and he's done music for all the avengers films yeah, 
we've talked about Carl Weathers before, right? Because of um, the Mandalorian. Well, the Mandalorian and um, also Toy Story because mm. he's there's the um, he's the voice of the um, uh, Combat Carl. Mm. But of course, at the time of Predator, Carl Weathers was best known either if you liked football, of course, he's football player. But if you liked movies, he's Apollo Creed in Rocky. And then, I mean, I don't really have we have we talked about an Arnold movie before? I don't think so. Um, not a lot of crossover with Disney. He did a lot of films for Fox, of course. Mm. Um, but I don't really think we've talked about much of his Fox work. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, everybody knows Arnold mm -hmm. just because he's ubiquitous and the absolute star of 80s action. This was, of course, he'd already done Conan. He'd already done Terminator, um, at least the first one. He'd already done Commando by this point. Uh, so he he was very well established as that guy what does action movies. We've got the the big thing being the effects of the Predator itself. Some of the effects have not aged well, like some of the CG effects of the mirroring haven't aged well in some shots and the other shots it does work, but... Again, 80s, 80s effects versus 2023 effects, you know? Yeah, but the, I mean, the thing is, is that most of the creature effects were done by Rick Baker, um, who, of course, absolutely just a complete genius the thing about his work because I mean of course he he worked on the Star Wars films and he worked on like Gremlins and uh, Hellboy and, and stuff like that um, but the other person who worked with him is, of course, Stan Winston, who was absolutely the legend of legends. Um, and who also did the work on uh, Aliens, the, the sequel. Um, so he didn't do the the original alien thing, but when we needed the, the upgrade in the sequel, he's there. But of course he did Terminator. He did the dinosaurs in Jurassic park, you know, when they needed someone to do the iron man suits before they went all CGI with them. Uh, they called Stan, you know, that's, that's what we're working with. 
And I'll throw this one out there. This is the feature film debut of Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, I mean, I was I was getting to him because it it is indeed this is him deciding to do what so many wrestlers do and transition from professional wrestling into acting. And, and he's had a pretty good acting career. Predator, Running Man, um, Demolition Man, Batman and Robin. Yeah, it, it kind of falls down after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was in possibly the best episode of X-Files. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose Chung's from Outer Space. I mean, it was really, it was, it was, it was not a, a big part. It was, you know, basically a walk on, but, you know, he's in it. So get, give him his due for that. The interesting thing about watching Predator as a film, and I kind of wonder how it hit people going to see it in the theater, not knowing much about it. Because Other than it's, an, it's an Arnold action movie. Yeah, but I mean, you know, on the posters at the time, um, you had the sense and, you know, it, it talks about like, there's never been anything like it on Earth before, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So like, you, you have the idea that there's, it's not just a normal war movie. But if you're watching the film without context, it does start out kind of just like a normal war movie. Yeah. Like, this looks like it's going to be like Deer Hunter or something, you know? Yeah, Arnold and his rescue team going in to rescue hostages from this foreign agent and trying to stop an international incident from going down and then whoops aliens yeah it's the first like 30 minutes of the movie except for the fact that you occasionally see something weird looking at the group with like infrared vision which honestly in 1987 there were you know you had that sort of technology for military purposes so if you don't really know for the first part of the movie that could just be like a different military group using heat-seeking technology to follow our group, you know? Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you're looking at, it takes a really long time into the movie for you to go like, oh, this is absolutely something non-human. And you don't even see the slightest hint of the Predator until like an hour into the movie. Like, when you actually see the the creature, the monster, the alien. Yeah, it is not until yeah, it is not until right about the hour mark that you see evidence of the predator from 
the perspective of any of the characters we've been following. We see as the audience from the perspective of the Predator, you know, you see the the heat vision and stuff. And then eventually you see the heat vision and it's like the garbled language, you know, it's that kind of like that Terminator vision Mm -hmm. that you get in the Terminator, except the Terminator heads up display has the has English writing on it. And the one for the Predator has something that you kind of figure might be language, but you can't decipher it. Like, if you're just going into a theater and you just see the poster with Arnold on it in fatigues with a gun and the just the word Predator, oh, just from the poster itself, you're going to think, oh, uh, is Arnold a predator? Is he hunting people? Uh, it's Arnold with a gun. I like seeing Arnold with a gun. Do you want to see this movie? And yeah, then, and, and I, then the I shock don't... of alien. He's fighting an alien. <laughs> yeah, and the the interesting thing is the original title of this was Hunter. And they say that quite a bit in the movie. They describe the the, the predator as a hunter. I guess. Yeah, they don't they don't use the word predator in the film. So I don't I think that that was a really late change. Going to be real, predator kind of sounds like a more dramatic name than the hunter. Yeah. The hunter is a movie you'll see in the $5 bin at Walmart. Yeah, Predator is a franchise. I mean, we say that, but they turned Alien into a franchise, so... Yeah, yeah. what do we know? (laughs) But the the interesting thing about it is that they... You kind of, going back and watching it, if you've seen later Predator movies, you're like, wow, this gets a really slow start. But the thing is, is that having not introduced the Predator and the competence of the Predator and what it can do, I think it's really a smart way to introduce this group because all we're told is like, you know, Arnold being like, my team is the best. You know, like, we'll we'll go in, we'll do any job, we work alone. You know, like, and... The beginning of the movie is just them showing up in unnamed Central American country where military guy says, take CIA agent Carl Weathers with you. Your old army buddy. Yeah, your old army buddy from Vietnam. And And this is where we get the meme, the claps hands meme. Yeah, the the white arm and black arm clasped together in solidarity. Yeah, that that meme, you son um, which of a I bitch. had kind of forgotten about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But the uh. But the thing is, is that we are just told that they are some sort of military group that does the impossible missions, like. You know, here's here's our Mission Impossible group, except they are, you oh, that's, know, that's, that, that's just that's what they do. 
They go into hostile territories and get out the hostages. Yeah, but we're not exactly sure, like... Is this U.S. military? Is this a private mercenary group? We're never told that. Yeah, we're told that they're, like, all probably Vietnam vets. I mean, maybe some of the younger ones aren't depending on how young they are, because some of them look really rather young. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know at least that the older ones all seem like they're Vietnam vets. We're told specifically that Arnold and Carl Weathers, their two characters, knew each other in Vietnam. And we know that Jesse Ventura's character and the... um the guy that he hangs out with a lot um that is his like best friend yeah that they knew each other in vietnam because he talks about like hey remember that mission we were on you know that whatever um so like we know at least those four guys were all in nam but you kind of assume the rest of them probably were as well. And, you know, but we're never really told, like, where these, what these guys are doing now, except that they're agreeing to answer to the U.S. military. So... Are they mercenaries? Are they still officially military? We're not quite sure. Um, but we do know that Carl Weathers is CIA and gets sent along for the mission. So that's it. And their mission is to go into some Central American country and get what they're told is a bunch of hostages out before they're executed. But when they get to the camp, they discover there are no hostages. And it turns out that the CIA just wanted a bunch of intelligence and they wanted uh, Arnold's group to basically kill everybody in the, the area and they didn't think anybody else was capable of doing that yeah and when Arnold finds out he is pissed yeah he was like you brought us here under false pretenses I do not like you you know I thought I could trust you man you told us this was the mission this is not the mission (laughs) yeah but I kind of like even though this is a really slow start to the movie and it's a total like This part of the movie has absolutely nothing to do with the Predator. I kind of like that they do this. This. Like nothing burger of a start to the movie for the first like half hour. Misdirection. Because. Yeah, because. Otherwise, it's a bunch of guys, you know, nothing about fighting an alien but with this bit we actually know how good these guys are we see them operate as a unit we see them take out 
a group that we're told that nobody else was able to take out. Like we actually see the remains of a first group of gr- the, green berets. Yeah. That, that were sent in that they knew. Yeah. Arnold knew these guys. Green. He recognized the, the dog tag. Like these are green berets. I worked alongside them and they were skinned alive. Now they assumed they were skinned alive by these foreign operatives, which may again, it's the eighties. It's probably Russian because every bad guy in the eighties were Russian. Well, they do specifically say that there are Soviet agents on the ground. And that's true to the time that there were we're still in the Soviets Cold War working with certain people in, you know, Central America and South America. So it's yeah. I mean, it's an excuse to get these these big muscular he-man guys in a jungle cuz you need to be in that jungle we would get to the modern jungle in the sequel but that's for another time <laughs> yeah um it's accurate to the geopolitics of the time yeah but the the thing is is that you you get to see in this first little bit the what happened to the team who came before them and you're told who they were and their level of training i mean these guys were green berets that's that's some pretty severely trained dudes right there you know mm-hmm. so whoever arnold's team is is one step above calling in the Green Berets. We don't know who these guys are, but apparently they're the guys you call in when the Green Berets can't get it done. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that's already telling you something. And then we see the ease with which, like, what? There's, like, six of them in this group or something. Mm-hmm. And they take out like 30 guys in this camp like keep in it's mind, nothing keep, keep in mind half of them were taken out by a truck yeah but it shows you how smart and tactical arnold's character is yeah dutch like dutch actually thinks about that like they're about to go in du- guns blazing and dutch goes like wait a minute there's like a truck here they're using as a generator. What if I just like kicked it off the stump it's sitting on and put a mine in it? I mean, that's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've ever played like a Far Cry game or something, like you can go in all, all guns blazing or you can set up some traps and do it from a distance. Like... <laughs> Which you gonna do? (laughs) Metal Gear Solid style. Yeah, you know. Um, And I kind of respect him for that. That's a pretty good tactic, you know? Because they're not looking at the direction you're coming from. They're looking at, like, oops, our generator just slipped off the dodgy stump we put it on and killed our general. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And that plays into the end of the movie. We'll get to it. 
Yeah, but I mean, it is for- foreshadowing, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it shows you, like... Arnold is a few steps ahead of whoever he's with. Yeah. Um, and But it also shows you how good the guys are at working together as a team. They take out the lookouts very quickly and quietly. You know, they're good at signaling each other. They're, you know... And then Arnold is the one that's the tactician that's like, oh, let me misdirect them to the center of the camp and then we can attack from the outside and they'll be too busy looking inward to see us coming. Like, that's a good strategy. And they're able to take out this entire group of guys with no loss to themselves and only one, like, minor scratch to Jesse Ventura. I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah, and it's a good line. He gets to look badass, you know? And that's, like, some really fucking good tactical, you know, bits there. It shows you how good these guys are. So when the Predator starts showing up and picking off these guys like they ain't shit, you're like, oh, oh, we're 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 dealing with something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Which I kind of like about the setup of this movie. These are the best of the best of the best of the best. And it takes a hunter from outer space to even put a dent in their armor. But also, like, it really does show you what a threat the Predator is. Oh, yeah. So, we know, I mean, now, as a, you know, pop culture icon, we know what a Predator can do. But as your first introduction to what this is as a thing. Yeah, walking into a theater with no knowledge in 1987. Yeah, I think it's a good way to set up the film and the eventual threat. Mm -hmm. And I also kind of like that they take, you know, they find this, this chick, Anna... And the, o- the only her- survivor. <laughs> the only yeah. survivor. Um, yeah. And they take her as prisoner. And eventually, you know, at first Arnold's like, I don't want to take the chick as prisoner. That's just like, you know, dead weight we got to carry. And she's going to give away our position the first chance she gets. Yeah. And Carl Weathers like, no, you know, we can question her and she'll tell us all about their movements and whatever. And he's like, all right, but you're responsible for her. So they tie her up and they take her with with them. And she shows herself to be very capable. Like She's able to escape from them more than once. Until she realizes what's going on. Yeah, she's like, hmm, there's something out there that wants to kill me. Or there's a group of guys here that, at the very least, they just want to question me. Like, they're not looking to murder me. So, maybe. (laughs) The devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Yeah. And she is aware of what's going on because she's heard the stories. One of those stories will play directly into Prey later on. They would take, they, you know, this is not the first time this kind of creature has come to Central America and started hunting people. This is a thing that has happened for 
generations. So we don't know how long the Predators have been coming to Earth just to hunt soldiers in in Central America. It It is interesting that she she says that especially it happens when it's an especially hot year. And this year was an especially hot year. So for some reason, the predators like to come when the jungle is particularly hot. I mean, they might be part lizard, since she does say that they can camouflage themselves like a lizard. But the thing is, is that we know that that is technology-based. We don't really know that until the end of the movie, though. Well, I mean, we, the audience, eventually know that that is technology-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not cold-blooded creatures. Mm-hmm. But the the ability to um, you know turn turn invisible it what she's calling the chameleon effect um, that is a technology they have. But yeah, but once the predator starts predatoring, that's when the action. It's it's like we're watching a completely different movie now. Yeah, and the thing is, is I I like that it shows how when these guys are in their element, they're very smart and very, you know, but when something goes wrong, uh, these guys kind of freak out and, yeah. Yeah, we gotta keep quiet. We can't make a sound. Guns blazing. Ah! <laughs> yeah, because the the first one of their guys to to die, the little nerdy dude with glasses, he goes after you know he sees the the shimmer on the predator's cloak, and he's distracted just long enough for Anna to run, and she runs and he catches her. But the predator is like, ooh, one of them is alone. I'll just get this guy. And Predator shanks the dude and carries the body off and just leaves Anna there, like, covered in dude's blood. And she's so traumatized, she's like, I'm not moving. But also what we, what Arnold figures out later is the reason Predator didn't kill her, too, is because she was tied up and didn't have a weapon. So, she's not prey to him. Also, it's one thing I've noticed is that when you see through the Predator's vision, Anna is always all green. And, like, the more violent each participant, each one of the military dudes is, the more red they are. I don't know if that's more of a threat thing in terms of their vision or just something clever a director the director's being. Yeah, I mean it might just be that like the chemicals in her body are more like 
afraid rather than aggressive. Mm. You know? And so that might be how she's coming off to, to whatever sensors he's got. And, you know, she's not ready to fight. She's, you know, just trying to get away from, you know. Because this hunter is a professional. He's not going to hunt an innocent creature. He he wants a sport. He wants a fight. He wants a worthy opponent. So there's a bit of... of respect a bit of honor even though he is killing people from far away with highly advanced weaponry yeah see that's the thing that's always got me about the predator okay and we're gonna stop and talk about this for a second because that is the thing to me about the predator series all right the lore of the predator is that they come to various planets and frequently earth and they come to hunt trophies so they go to various planets and you do see on predator ships there are trophies of various you know alien species that they've hunted okay it's supposed to be like you know okay you know the idea of like, well, you know, big game hunters and whatever, you know. But it's like, in a lot of cases, what the predators are doing seems to me like hunting deer from a helicopter with a heat-seeking missile, you know? Mm. It's like, this is not a fair fight. Maybe if you're, like, on the ground and you're hunting a lion with a shotgun and if you miss the first time, the lion has the chance to rip you apart, I can kind of respect that, you know? Because, like, well, you're in danger, too. You know, you, you miss that first shot or the lion spots you and gets a chance to pounce you before you get that shot off. Like, okay, your lion food, fair is fair, you know? But Predator just kind of shows up in a jungle with, like, cloaking devices and... Lasers. You know, like, laser beams and stuff. Like, these people don't even know they're being hunted and then they're just dead you know and they even say you know they gave their best weapon fire against the creature and didn't make a dent yeah so i mean and we know from like later movies not necessarily this movie but you kind of get from this movie too that like the armor is pretty good against most of our because they're carrying basically our best handheld weaponry you know the machine gun i mean jesse ventura walks around with a mini gun as a rifle basically 
Like, he just walks around with a minigun as his primary weapon, which I don't even know what to do with that. I don't even do that in Fallout. Like, <laughs> I mean, considering what he's been, what he says throughout the most of the movie, he's probably compensating for something. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely supposed to get that idea. Um, but, you know, he is he is supposed to be the ultimate, like... Dude, bro, you know, alpha male. You're it, all, and he said, calls them all, you know, homophobic slurs for not wanting to chew tobacco with him. Yeah, I mean, he he is. You are absolutely supposed to be like, okay, that that guy is is definitely, you know, a weirdo. Um, so this does follow slasher rules as the mo- ones with the most sin die first. Kinda, yeah. Um, and also, I really appreciate that this movie does not kill a black dude until over halfway through the movie. I mean, and then it takes them both out together, but, <laughs> you know, a, a slasher movie would take out the black dude, like, immediately, and they're, like, two really awesome black dudes in this movie mm-hmm. um, as part of the crew, and it it lets them go until well over halfway through the movie and then they both get to go out kind of like badasses especially carl weathers Mm. carl weathers gets to go out like an absolute badass um against the the predator um but yeah like they i mean even nerdy dude his whole thing is telling vagina jokes yeah, he tells misogynist jokes and he dies like basically first. Mm-hmm. Um and then the guy who who has like the homophobic slurs and is overcompensating for something with the minigun goes out second, you know, like Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because like it does kind of go by by slasher rules in that the ones who have who have done kind of the the least damage to the group and the people around them you know uh kind of go out um and that then makes, of course that there's makes Ar- that makes Arnold the final girl Yeah, I mean, of course, there literally is a final girl, and the only reason that she doesn't go up in a fight against the Predator is because Arnold keeps knocking weapons out of her hands, because he's the one that figures out that the reason that she has not been attacked so far is that because she was their prisoner and tied up for almost the entire movie, that was what was keeping her safe. There's no sport in it. Yeah, there's there's no sport. She cannot defend herself theoretically. So, you know, and at one point she picks up a gun and Arnold kicks it out of her hand and is like, "No, you're not, you know, you're the only one of us that has been safe so far. The second you engage, he's going to see you as a viable target." You know. Mm-hmm. So Arnold is the one that keeps saving her life by making sure she never picks up a gun. Like the rest of them have already been marked for death because they have engaged in violence. But since the predator has never seen her engage in violence, she's been the one that's been safe. Um, 
And so she's the one that's able to get to the chopper and come back and save Arnold in the end. Um, but yeah. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, we have the, um, the tracker, you know, our native American tracker guy. And we don't even get to see his death because he sacrifices himself nobly to help buy the others some time. You know, so it's it's kind of interesting. How they they work. You know, if you're going according to slasher rules, the. The way. Each of them dies and then of course you get Arnold is trying to get Anna out of there you know and he ends up getting separated from her and falling into the river and in crawling out of the river he crawls through mud and discovers that that's what hides his heat signature from the predator yeah predator ends up aiming at the only heat signature he can see like it's a a rat or something yeah i think it's like some kind of like you know weird possum or something like i don't know what what it was but yeah some some small animal yeah because it's the only heat signature they the predator can see he can't see me yeah um and so Arnold's like, all right, time to mud up and spend the next couple of hours building really elaborate pit traps. I mean, it shows how resourceful he is. He's taking the wood, he's making bows and arrows, taking what little ammunition he still has on his body and making some some weapons out of it. He goes full Hawkeye slash green arrow with an exploding arrow. Yeah, those exploding arrows are pretty cool, too. Um, I just love the reason why he doesn't have much ammunition left and we kind of got distracted from that. But like after Jesse Ventura dies, his, his best friend sees the ripple of the cloaking device in the trees and just grabs the minigun and goes absolutely ham on that area. And then without even thinking, like one of the other people in the group shows up and just starts firing his machine gun into the trees. Like he doesn't even see anything, but he's like, well, my buddy's firing in that direction. I might as well, too. And then like a third guy shows up and starts doing the same thing. And pretty soon, like the entire group just shows up and starts firing their weapons in that way. And to the point where they run out of ammo, reload and start firing again. <laughs> and they're just standing there firing at literally nothing. Because only the first guy saw something to begin with. And by that point, Predator's already gone. Oh yeah, Predator is long fucking gone at that point. And they're just mowing down trees and everything. You see like whole trees just falling over and everything in the jungle and it's just like five guys standing there like oh 
It's a, they're just wasting hundreds of rounds of ammo. They're and just of course, whipping out their stuff right there and just showing it off to everybody. <laughs> yeah, and of course, they've already said, like, we've got to be quiet in case anybody comes to, you know, and everything. They're just screaming at the top of their lungs, firing hundreds of rounds of ammo at nothing, mowing down foliage, you know, and everything. And they stop, and it's like, we find out later that they, like, actually did nick the the predator's leg and left a little blood behind. Green blood. Yeah, which, actually, I love the way that they did that, because apparently the way that they did the predator's blood in the first movie is they got a bunch of green glow sticks and cut them open and used the glowy substance and mixed it together with personal lubrication Ooh. and and that's what the the predator blood is so if you want to make homemade predator blood at home get yourself some glow sticks ew alien spooge <laughs> yeah but that's apparently what that is and um it shows up pretty good on camera too cuz she you know Anna puts her her hand in it and then wipes it on her pants and she just glows for like the rest of the, the movie because it really is I mean, it's 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 not like a that's gotta be an after to, effect it's just like apparently that that's crap hard is just keep, glowing it's gotta be hard to keep it consistent between shots but you know they made it work <laughs> yeah um and so that's that's apparently that that effect. So if you're if you're wanting to go as a predator for Halloween, <laughs> um, but that's the uh, that's all they did to the predator. Yeah, all that for, all that for a nick of blood. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like. That, you know, you wasted all that ammunition for, you know, wait until you can see what you're shooting at, you morons. You know, spirit of the moment. They got caught in the moment there, and it's just shoot, 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 shoot. Get out their aggressions. Like, I know you're all sad Jesse Ventura died, but come on, man, you know? I mean... It's the, it's the one, it's... It's the earliest time in the movie that their tactical prowess just goes out the window. Yeah. Because up until this point, they've been like, okay, we've got to be really, you know, like, let's be really quiet and stealthy. Let's do all that, you know. And they've been really good. So good. Yeah. yeah. And then this moment, like, that one guy snaps and everybody's just like, Oh, are we going crazy like a motherfucker right now? Okay, let's do that. And, like, nobody asks questions. Nobody's like, what are we shooting at? They're just like, oh, are we firing wildly into the jungle? Let's do that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's, it's, the, first, it's the first bit that, like, this is all getting to them. Hmm. And I love, I love how smart Anna is because this is... You know, they're they keep asking her, and so far she's only spoken Spanish. Mm -hmm. 
And they keep, you know, the, the translator, you know, that's there that's speaking Spanish. And, you know, he keeps asking her, like, you know, what did you see and everything? And she just keeps saying, like, the jungle came out and attacked him. The jungle came out and took him. The jungle. And they're like, no, 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 that doesn't make any sense. And she talks, you know, she she keeps saying, like, basically the same thing and talking like she's crazy out of her head. And they're like, ah, she's useless, and whatever. And then eventually uh, Arnold's like, hey, what's going on here? And she's like, Okay, yeah, screw it. Time to give it up. And she starts speaking perfect English. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay, look. All the old women in, in our village talk about the fact that, like, you know, men in our village will go out into the jungle and then they'll find them, like, butchered and skinned and sometimes worse. And, you know, they talk about the demon that takes men as trophies and everything and he comes when the years are exceptionally hot and this year is exceptionally hot so yeah you're fighting the demon that takes men as trophies good luck with that yeah and i do like that we actually see how the predator takes his trophies ripping the skull and spine out mortal combat style burning, yeah. the, burning the flesh off and just having a nice clean skull well i mean I think that's one of the things that's wrong with the world anymore is that we don't drink from the skulls of our enemies. <laughs> you know? Gotta go back to the old ways. <laughs> we could learn a lot from the Predator. <laughs> and, you know, uh, getting back to the story, we get, we, we get to the montage of Arnold setting up these traps and making his weapons out of whatever he can find. And it's it's a great montage, it's a great setup, and how much of that plays into the final battle with the Predator. Yeah, I mean, he, he sets up some really impressive traps. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of pressure traps and spike traps and, you know, counterweight traps. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, this impresses the Predator. Like, the Predator is impressed of this. Like yeah, you 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 hurt me. You almost got me. Finally, a worthy opponent. To the point that the predator is actually willing to like take off his mask, take off some of his weapons, take and off his basically, armor. yeah, basically fight mano a mano. You know, that's like we, yeah, that's where we get the ugly motherfucker line. Yeah, apparently the um the fact that the predator has the the mandibles that open up mm-hmm. around his mouth was the idea of James Cameron. Hmm. Cuz apparently uh like I said the uh visual effects being done partially by Stan Winston Stan Winston was apparently sitting next to James Cameron for some reason or other and drawing uh, sketches for what the Predator might look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, James Cameron was like, you know, I've always wanted to see like a, a creature that had like mandibles and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stan Winston thought it was a good idea and... Uh, 
played around with different looks and uh that's how we got that into the the predator so you can uh thank or blame james cameron for that depending on how much you like that feature one thing i do love about the predator and it's played into so many of his appearances not just in the movies but in video games especially his like i mentioned mortal kombat he was in mortal kombat x is the mimicking how the predator can mimic other people's voices now the you know type of voice that the predators have uh again side note peter cullen optimus prime himself doing the vocal effects for the predator in this movie but um but uh you know the the mimicking of other people's voices to kind of get i mean it's it's how carl weathers dies because because the predator is able to mimic the voices of of some of the soldiers to kind of get him into 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 position but I, I just love that that's one of the natural ability you know that's not technology that's you know you know you mentioned the the invisibility is technology but that seems to be a natural ability of predators is just that 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 mimicking as a way as a as a as a trap tactic yeah but we get to that 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 final man on man man on alien fight between Arnold and the Predator. And it looks like, you know, Predator gets Arnold on the ropes. He starts backing out. He's spitting up blood. And he just backtracks into the trap. Come on, kill me! I'm right here! And, of course, the Predator looks up and he sees this ray of sharpened sticks and bowie knives looking down on him is like ah that's your plan you're gonna stab me now nah, i'm too smart for that i'm gonna go around here i'm gonna get you this way and like we said you know, like i mentioned or yeah earlier in, in the movie the misdirection how 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 arnold uses misdirections in his in his battles the misdirection, because of course he made he makes the trap very obvious, and he does that for a reason. As the predator goes around the other side, and is crushed by a log. I just love that. It's like, it's like it it shows that Arnold was thinking ahead, or Dutch was thinking ahead. And again, you know that 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 callback to the earlier misdirection is just mwah, perfect. Yeah, I I really like how he's like, okay, you know, if he sees this kind of obvious trap, then here's the other trap, you know, and if he doesn't see the the trap there, then it's kind of double kill and you know. It's really really impressive but then i like that the predator you know they have that moment where where dutch goes you know like what are you and then the predator mimics him with like what are you and then he sets his self-destruct button 
Yeah, again, typical slasher rules. The killer comes back for one final. Just when you think the killer is dead, he comes back for one more. Yeah, and it takes Arnold a second to realize it's a countdown because, of course, it's not normal, you know, numerals. You know, he do- he doesn't recognize what's going on until the beeping. predator starts laughing. And then he's like, oh, crap, <laughs> gotta run. <laughs> and it's just, you know, hey, go hey, predator goes out in a blaze of glory, quite literally. And then we see uh, Arnold on the chopper. I mean, can we just talk for just a second about how huge that explosion is? They see it from very far away. You know, you see the chopper coming in, and if they're like a city's a city block away, not even a city, a full city away from where this explosion is, and they can see it, they can also feel it. Like, what the hell is that? So you got to even wonder if what what are what uh, what Dutch feels in this situation because if they can see the explosion from that far away and sort of feel the explosion from that far away, how what's going on with Dutch here? Yeah, because that's even messing with the electronics on the helicopter. Mm-hmm. It was quite literally the nuclear option. I think I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take. I'm going to die. I'm going to take you with me, and I'm going to take everybody else with me, too. Sore loser, but expected, kind of, honestly. For, you know, like I said, for someone who supposedly has this honor and not fighting an unarmed opponent, but also hunting all of these other armed mercenary, army, whatever men from far away it kind of does make sense that he wouldn't want to have that honorable death. He's going to take everybody out with him. At least from my point of view. Yeah. But yeah, here comes the chopper. Arnold's there. Arnold gets there. And is on the chopper. They get out of there. And, and, and then we get our, our, our curtain call. And I gotta say, so we get our curtain call, we get, it's very much a, you know, you could put a 80s sitcom song over this ending credits and it would completely change their vibe because they all turn around, look at the camera and smile. Very much like an 80s sitcom intro. It so looks like an 80s sitcom thing. With the exception of Arnold, who just, it's just a shot from earlier in the movie where he turns around and looks off. So it's like, did he not want to do this? Was he not available on a certain day? I don't know. So Kiki, does Predator have the magic? I mean, it's not the best in the series, but yes, I will say it still has the magic. It still holds up. Again, the, the, the first part is a bit slow, If you mostly because you already know what's going to happen. You want to see the alien. You want to see the Predator kill people. You want to see Arnold versus the Predator, and you don't get that yet. But from an aspect of going into this movie in 1987, and all you know is Arnold with a gun, and you get this movie out of it, it's a nice surprise. And as a... 
I would say today, prob- some people may not see this as a good entry point into the franchise, but I still think it holds up as a good entry point. So I'm going to say, yeah, I think it still uh, movie still holds up, and I think it still has the magic. Yeah, it's not the most horror movie of the franchise either, but you do. Uh, I think it's important to watch it to see where it came from. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah, if you if you want to see a spooky movie that's not super spooky, eh, give Predator a shot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as for next week, it is our Halloween episode. We're going to go more traditional horror next week and dip back into the MCU, which we haven't done in a while. And we are going to talk about the big one that came out last year, Werewolf by Night. And timing-wise, by the time the next episode comes out, the new colorized version of Werewolf by Night will also be out. And we will be reviewing both versions next week. The black and white and color version of Werewolf by Night. So we're going to see what the color version has that the black and white version does not have. And we'll decide... Is this movie better in color or better in black and white? And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversations on Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Rewatching the Magic. We are on the X, formerly known as Twitter, at Rewatch the Magic. And new episodes are available every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it. Podcasts are fun. But there's work to be done. We encourage you to get involved. Here are some organizations we support. The American Civil Liberties Union fights for the constitutional rights of all Americans. Find them at aclu.org. The National Network of Abortion Funds helps people find access to safe abortion services. Their site is abortionfunds.org. The Trevor Project provides a 24-7 crisis helpline for LGBTQ youth and education services for schools on LGBTQ issues. They can be found at thetrevorproject.org. Or find a way to help in your area.